Sean's just super supportive and understanding, even though for sure I can be a pain in the ass at times, especially if I'm not running. I have a profound respect for the commitment and the effort that it takes to achieve those almost unnatural kind of goals. That was Dana and Sean Mayberry, and this is episode 120 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. We can hardly wait to introduce you to our couple of the quarter, Dana and Sean Mayberry, who own and operate Mayberry Fine Art in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Dana is one of my clients who had been working tirelessly for a year to lower her 429 marathon best set back in 2019. Through a series of unfortunate events, not one of Dana's goal races came to fruition until December 4th, 2022, when she ran her way to a 28-minute personal best at the California International Marathon in Sacramento, finishing in a time of 4.01.06. A former runner himself, Sean intimately understands and respects the commitment and dedication required to run marathons, and he is captain of Dana's cheerleading team. In this conversation, we get a glimpse into what makes their partnership so special and so successful. Sean brings a lightness and sense of humor to everything he does, which comes in handy when Dana faces the ups and downs that are part and parcel of marathon training. I also got to benefit from his support firsthand in Sacramento when he stepped into the role of team manager and chef extraordinaire throughout race weekend. Our couple of the quarter series is meant to highlight the different aspects of what it means to be in a partnership when one or both people are runners. And these two certainly seem to have it all figured out in a way that we can all learn from. So let's get right into it with Sean and Dana Mayberry. All right. Well, Dana and Sean, it's wonderful to have you both here and welcome another couple of the quarter to our show. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so Dana, you and I met, um, if you can believe this, almost one year ago to the day. You were one of my very first clients, private clients, when I took over the head coaching role at City Park Runners. And I would say we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the past 12 months as you've trained for various goal races. And then I met Sean for the first time when he just kind of like, appeared out of nowhere in the background of one of our zoom calls and then he made a point of coming to the track at the outdoor track in the summer to heckle dana oh and so hopefully this gives you like in all the best ways of heckling so hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight into sean's personality and and the dynamic that the two of you have. But more recently, the three of us, plus my husband and and brother, spent an absolutely lovely, perfect weekend together in Sacramento, California at CIM, the California International Marathon. And that's when I really discovered what a fabulous team the two of you are. And I knew we had to have you on the show and uh, learn your secrets. So let's kick things off. I'll stop talking here in just a second. Let's kick things off. We want to hear a little bit more about both of your backgrounds. And since this is couple of the quarter, our new little twist is to have you both introduce each other. So Sean, mm-hmm. let's start with you. Can you introduce us to your lovely wife, Dana, and what should we know about her? Sure. Well, thanks for having both of us on. Uh, we're pretty excited about this. Uh, Dana's my beautiful wife. Uh, we've been married for 21 years and uh, we've known each other. Oh man, I think going back to we were teenagers. So uh, we've been together a long time. Dana is the mother of three beautiful kids. We have a 21-year-old daughter, Una, who's our first uh, first child. Uh, we have Inez, who's our middle child. She's 17. And then we have a son, Everett, who's 13 years old. Uh, we have a busy house. Uh, we um, have three dogs as well. Dana and I work together. We're self-employed and we own an art gallery. Uh, so we buy and sell and promote artwork within Canada. And what's, let's give a little shout out to your art yeah. business. Our gallery name is Mayberry Fine Art. Excellent. So we're a family business and uh, started by my dad uh, going back uh, 50 years in Winnipeg. So, you know, we've spent a long time here in the city. Uh, Dana uh, started running about eight years ago. 
she's super creative. Uh, she studied art in school. Uh, she's always been someone that's been able to make anything she decides to do, whether that's sewing clothes or, you know, baking bread or cooking or anything. So she gives herself over to whatever she loves, falls in love with 100%. Uh, and that definitely has happened since she started running. So <laughs> I think she surprised herself um, that she could actually be really good at it. And, um, you know, started off slow, like everyone does with one of those couch to 5k programs. And then it just kind of ballooned from there. Mm. What a great introduction for a <laughs> lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Well, like maybe I should have had you go first. It's like yeah. a high bar. Hey, to follow that. <laughs> That's what I was going to say was, well, this is my lousy husband. <laughs> That's hard to follow. And also you did take uh, several of my points that were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think Sean sort of covered our sort of family dynamic and our business and how we work together. Sean is also a big parent to our dogs <laughs> and uh, they're a big part of our lives. And we have a, a young border collie, which has taken a lot of Sean's energy and He's very enthusiastic about the dog and physically active with the dog as well, because being a border collie, he's high energy and, and uh, he has a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of energy to burn. And, and Sean is, is very much there for that and loves them like crazy. Um, and yeah, he's an amazing cook. So we, we will probably delve into that as we, mm-hmm. as we move along. But um, I went back to work quite late, you know, spent time being a stay-at-home mom with the kids and I did virtually all of our cooking and so Sean discovering sort of this love of cooking over the last like three to five years is Mm -hmm. is kind of new in a way and now it's generally Sean who's thinking of what's for dinner coming up with an exciting recipe and he's really good at cooking so I kind of I'm like where was all this (laughs) 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 where was all this all these years but anyway it's wonderful and we all we all you know appreciate his cooking and his uh, his love of that so I understand he has a background in running as well can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so I think was at, shortly after me, right? I think there was a bit of a bug that sort of kind of rubs off on those around you sometimes. And, <laughs> and, um, and so Sean started running and he's a great runner and really enjoyed it and got the bug himself and got pulled in on his own sort of running journey and quickly progressed to wanting to run a marathon. And because it was during you know, COVID and he ran a virtual marathon, which I think is amazing. And yeah, as much as I enjoy running a marathon, I, I don't think I could do it virtually. <laughs> I, I loved running, but uh, I, I unfortunately developed uh, arthritis in my knees, which uh, I've discovered is a lot worse when I am running. Uh, mm, so yeah. unfortunately, I, I've given up running. Uh, I, although uh, hanging out with all you, especially being at California for the weekend and watching all the fuss and all the fun and all the effort, you know, certainly uh, makes me a bit jealous. <laughs> and, yeah. um, but I, um, I've refocused a lot of my energies to going to the gym and doing other things and have discovered, you know, exercising in other ways that's, you know, as meaningful and as fun. But anyway, I, you know, I, I really understand the commitment that goes into it mm-hmm. and I appreciate mm-hmm. the effort and I understand what the goals mean and achieving those goals. And so yeah. for me, it's like I get to now uh, sort of live vicariously through the other runners totally. I know and, yeah. you know, most importantly, Dana, who's, <laughs> who's yeah. my athlete, who I manage. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's nothing better than screaming for your runner. Yeah. That's, That's my right. runner. That's my yeah. runner. <laughs> Does the fact that you used to run, like, make it easier like, I think you're speaking to this a bit. It makes it easier to relate. I understand what you're going through. I understand what these goals mean. I understand what this pace or this mileage means. But I also, it also occurred to me that it might make it harder too, in some ways, especially like in the 
jealousy or <laughs> envy department of like, yeah. oh yeah, I wish I was still doing that yeah. too. And so where does that all shake up for you, Sean? Uh, at first it was a bit harder for me, like, cause again, I, you know, I, I am a bit, you know, a, a bit jealous, like I marvel mm-hmm. at it all. And part of me, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, exactly. but uh, I don't know. I, I think I've, um, um, I also really, you know, love watching other people succeed and fulfill mm-hmm. their dreams and achieve goals that they set. And so, uh, it's very easy to, you know, jump on board and, you know, help support someone else in that journey. Well, I, this whole teamwork is coming up as a big thing. Yeah. Like you work together, right? You yeah. manage a house together and kids, and now you're kind of like a team in Dana's training. Like that mm-hmm. was on full display at CIM, which we're going to get into. And before we do, so CIM, for those that don't know, was December 4th. 2022. But I mentioned we began working together about a year ago. So December of 2021. And at that time, Dana, you'd run several half marathons. You'd run one marathon before I think the Manitoba marathon in 2019. And what were you training for when we first started working together? (laughs) (laughs) When we first started working together, I was training for Fargo. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Marathon. Marathon. And our winter last year was so horrible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're talking like born and bred Winnipeggers, right? And, yeah. you know, run outside all year. But this was another level. This was just horrible. So yeah, it was a special kind of torture last winter. Yeah, it was it was terrible. So it just I couldn't do it. I, and, and that's saying a lot because I, I think I'm pretty tough when it comes to winter mm-hmm. running. But, um, you know, one blizzard after another, windy, cold, minus 30. Mm-hmm. You know, it's minus 30 or the wind, but not both. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the snowstorms and, and the on snow top of storms it. Yeah. And, you know, doing those long runs out there. Anyway, it just, it just, got to me and I said, okay, maybe let's look at switching to Manitoba and sort of gain that extra month between those two races. Fargo's May and then Manitoba Marathon is June. So it bought you basically four weeks. Yeah. And we were like, genius. This is the best thing ever because honestly, it was it was like just one dreadful run after the next all winter long. And so we're like, this (laughs) is amazing. And then carry on with your story. And then, you know, we get out there for Manitoba Marathon and we have the hottest day actually of that entire summer. At no other point in the summer did it hit the temperatures that it hit that day. Um, yeah. I don't know what kind of bad luck that was for all of us runners in Winnipeg, but it was, it was bad. If you were to say to me, what's the worst <laughs> kind of like conditions you could think of for a marathon? I would say you have zero heat acclimation. So you're running through like really cold, cold temperatures. And then all of a sudden it's super, super hot and humid and sunny during the race. That would be the worst. And that's exactly what what we we got. got. Like the day before was cold because I was at an outdoor track meet for my kids and we were in like blankets and shivering. We were so cold. I'm like, how's it going to be so hot tomorrow? So anyway, you got to... What part of the marathon before they canceled? I think, you know, it was about an hour in, I think. Um, I guess it was a little longer than an hour. Maybe I was at like nine or 10 miles somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. And we were just told that that was it. The race was canceled and it was a bit of chaos, really. Um, and I went for another couple of miles and 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 thought, well, I'm, I'm not interested in doing this as a virtual when it's 40 degrees out and, mm-hmm. and right. So I thought, okay, I'll call it. And when we kind of got near the sort of where the course goes near to my house, I just hopped off and. Oh and yeah. Went, Cause it goes right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah, where I made what? the call to, Oh, here's my house. So off right. the danger there's yeah. air conditioning right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so how, I want to ask both of you guys, like, what were your feelings after that? Emotions. Let's start with Sean. Like, watching watching Dana do this after two attempts now at a marathon, what were you feeling for her? It was definitely frustrating in the days afterwards, the uh, unfortunate sort of setback and the all this effort you put into 
months and months of training, uh, all for this specific day. And it's easy to just say, well, you know, it's just another day, but it's not. And you don't have many opportunities to just make up a race on another day. And and remember, this has like far. You were we started working together in December, and then Fargo yeah. was May, and the, so the training cycle got like Six extended months. into yeah. June. It wasn't like yeah. you were going to go and continue training and do like Queen City or something in September, because then you're looking at like it's uh-huh. way too long. Like you needed to stop training, yeah, right? To cut back. So to have all of that culminate and then no race to really prove, like, did you feel fit going in? I did feel fit. I mean, I felt mm-hmm. ready to write, ready to tackle the marathon. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, it was, it was extremely disappointing because it, exactly. Yeah. It's not like there was one next month or, you know, we could try again and it's just, and it's a marathon. It's not the way that training works, right? You peak yeah. and you yeah. run and you're done sort of thing. And for most, most people, it was like the first race back from since the beginning of the pandemic as well right so so there was a lot of uh um, momentum and excitement for 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 everyone that was training Uh, if anything i do think the sort of act of god aspect of it it Mm. it helped to kind of go well it was clearly outside of everyone's control oh totally yeah, like it was the last thing the race organizers wanted to do too, right? Because they were looking forward to being back. So I, I don't want it to seem like we're coming down yeah. hard on the Minotaur. It was just like a perfect storm of just brutal right. coincidences yeah. that led to it. And and then you're just kind of left. Like it's just this like there's no closure, right, on on this. And so what do you do with all that? Well, yeah, like all those what, feelings. What, what was the mood in the house like for the <laughs> first week to two weeks after? Like, were you all just like grumpy and grouchy, or did you try to uh, be buoyant and do something different? Like, how did you got? What was the dynamic there? Well, I was pretty cranky. Uh, well, I wasn't that cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I got over it pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how did you handle her crankiness? <laughs> Dana gets really cranky if she doesn't run for three days. So she's definitely testing a lot of our patients. But <laughs> so we're sure hoping that her coach will the signs of running again soon. <laughs> we yeah. we've all been there. My coworkers used to to prepare for taper time before a big race. They're like, okay, be prepared. Kim's yeah. tapering. Everybody yeah. stay away. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Oh my gosh. Well, but you can only sit in that like what's next kind of uncertainty yeah. for so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how long did it take you to yeah. kind of like get not not like get over it in a dismissive way, but like just to make a new plan and have something to like look ahead to and set your sights on. Well, when did you when did you make the decision to run California? Like how quick was that? Wasn't that yeah, right? so quick, wasn't it? Yeah. I was in the same boat. It was like I, the exact yeah, same right. thing happened to me, right? So yeah. I was dealing with the same emotions, the same like, oh my gosh, we need to come up with a new plan because I don't like I didn't want to run one in September. Yeah. So I can't right. remember when that was, Dana, but that was a little bit our brainchild over here. And we're like, ooh, maybe we can enroll Dana <laughs> into <laughs> our plan. Yeah. And I think that was really helpful for me because I don't know a lot of the running community and, you know, to kind of like, well, what are you doing and what are you doing? And, right. and that sort of thing. So it was helpful to have the, the to have you to ch- chat with about that, about some ideas about what, mm-hmm. right. Maybe it's too soon to run, you know, something really quickly or within a couple of months um, yeah. and kind of the benefits of running something sort of, you know, that allows you to take a bit of a break and then right. ramp up the training a bit later. And the idea of going and running a race that you would be at was super appealing to me and, and really mm-hmm. exciting. So I love that opportunity. And the fact that it's in December and in, yeah. you know, in Winnipeg, running in the fall is a wonderful time to be able to run outdoors. Yeah. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, having your peak weeks be in the fall and then in, yeah. once the snow is on the ground, you're kind of tapering, then you're running and it's mild there and, um, yeah. you know, mild, warm even. And then you come back and you are on a break sort of over leading up to Christmas holidays. So yeah. it's that kind sounds of, really smart. Kind of perfect. And actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I actually think it worked out even better, you know, overall. It's like, so yeah. it was, it was so disheartening at the time, but the sort of new direction, new goal and resetting that goal, I think really helped. Mm-hmm. I know it helped Dana a lot that gave yeah. her mm-hmm. something a refo- else. To, reset. Or like, refocus. Refocusing. Reset. Yeah. 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 Well, runners need that, right? Like they say, change the plan, but never the goal. Right. Right. And the goal was always to run a marathon and we need a plan. Like we can't be running in limbo land forever. So that was really what about a five month, five months after Manitoba was Mm -hmm. CIM. Yeah. Just right about that. Right about that. Yeah. So it allowed enough time, honestly, to have your mini end of the season break and then to train totally differently and and you came on the track I wondered if you would talk a little bit about that experience so you'd never been on the track before and we did a little kind of eight weeks on the track type of thing before getting back into the marathon because marathon training because you had this great base built up already that we could afford to take that time and just totally do something out of the box and different. So I uh, invited you to the track. You were one of very few people who accepted my (laughs) invitation, (laughs) trying to woo everybody onto the track, but you were uh, very gracious and decided to come out. So what do you remember about that first day out at the track? (laughs) Well, Speaking of nerves, <laughs> I was yeah. so nervous. Like you'd think I was, you know, trying out for, I don't know, an Olympic the qualifying team. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Something like way outside of my, my um, scope of ability, but it just made me feel like, do I, I don't want to say, do I belong, but is this is it like for me? Is it, you know, meant for people, you know, my, my speed, um, and felt, I, I, I don't want to say intimidated because I did feel very welcome by Carolyn. Um, so more sort of things I built up in my own head that made me nervous. Um, yeah. but I said, you know, I wanted to do it and I decided I was going to just go out there, see what it was about. And I had so much fun. Like the first day, first time you know running around that track I was like this is a lot of fun and this is like feels like play and then doing it with other runners right who mm-hmm. um eventually who, people came and joined us eventually people <laughs> did <laughs> yeah but even you know when it was just you and Johnny or you and Johnny and Jane and mm-hmm. right even though it was yeah, it yeah. wasn't a lot of us it was still every every one of those sessions I really enjoyed and I, I got a lot yeah out of and I'm so glad that I even though I was nervous about going I'm so glad that I did and I will definitely be back on the track for Mm -hmm. and everyone should come yeah because it's fun to run fast right it's very playful as you said and very like childlike and you're just like sprinting and it's very fun and and Sean this is where I in my intro of you this is (laughs) one day we're running around and I'm like Dana, is that your husband over there? And I'd only ever seen you like on the Zoom call when you kind of like hopped into the background one day. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that's him and your daughters. And so, yes, they had come to to sort of cheer Dana on. And it was very sweet. And you didn't stay long, but it was very, very sweet. We didn't stick around long because we didn't want to be a distraction. But we also (laughs) wanted to like, we were, you know, we were a bit voyeuristic and wanted to kind of peek in. And uh, uh, it's like been this kind of like bit of this family joke since, uh, uh, since Dana started working with you, Carolyn, it was always, you know, before I met you, it was always like, well, Coach Carolyn said this, and Coach Carolyn, said, oh, you were. I, I didn't know. You. I would have swore your first name was Coach. Coach Carolyn, Coach Carolyn. So Sean so, would always be teasing, like Coach Carolyn says, Coach you know, Carolyn. you should do that. Coach so Carolyn's Coach got Carolyn. me going to track now. Coach yeah. 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 If Coach Carolyn said to jump off a bridge, would you? Yeah. <laughs> so it became this kind of like funny joke, you know. So um, right, and then so um, your daughters had to lay their eyes on me. I too. think we all had to lay our eyes on this whole. Yeah, make sure it wasn't some strange cult that that maybe Dana wasn't aware she was being dragged well, it into. Wouldn't be the first uh, time you know. I was accused of not starting the, a cult. Not the first time Dana's jo- you know hasn't joined a cult before. <laughs> now you have to remember, Coach Carolyn also said you need diamond earrings for Christmas. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Remember yeah. that. 
<laughs> Coach Carolyn said, Sean, sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. In some ways, uh, Dana's running journey, like probably for a lot of runners, uh, starts out pretty lonely because you often do it on your own. And uh, not everyone sort of immediately just jumps in and joins a run group. Well, I'll join a run group and, you know, surround myself with runners. And uh, a lot of times it's, you know, a pretty lonely thing that we do. And, uh, and I think, you know, I think there's a lot of runners who are probably loners themselves. And so, um, uh, so I think one of the greatest things that's happened for Dana in the last year is certainly having an amazing coach and connecting with you, Carolyn. And that's been a, a, uh, I think one of the key contributing factors to all the success uh, mm-hmm. and certainly mm-hmm. just the excitement that um, you've brought to her journey in the process as well. And so it's adding all of these kind of like special things, all these little ingredients into the mix yeah. that have made a big difference. Yeah. So on that note, how, how has that gone adding in all these ingredients? Has the mix always been good? Has there been some ups and downs? Like how did you find that period between June and November? You know, I think it was good. And I think, well, really good. And for me to just focus on some speed, right? Because I think we kind of get stuck on like, I know I do. I'm like, I want to run another marathon. I want to run another marathon. (laughs) I'm going to want to run another marathon. And that seems to be right where the sort of head wants to go. And um, so I think working on track and shorter distances. And then Carolyn had me do a, a 5K time trial which was mm-hmm. not something I would have ever thought to do on my own or even to sign up for a 5k race wouldn't have been something mm-hmm. like on my radar. Um, but I did that and I did really well at it and it was confidence boosting because mm-hmm. of course, as soon as you feel like um, you're, you know, you're seeing results from a yeah. different like um, type stimulus of style of or- different stimulus, mm-hmm. different type of training um, then it's very encouraging, right? And you feel yeah. like, okay, what could I do in the 10K? Or what What does this mean for my marathon? <laughs> so, it, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that was part of the method of the madness a little bit. Um, Coach Carolyn's call does have a little bit of a method to it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but we did the seven or eight weeks on the track. And then it's like, okay, let's go see what you can do in a 5K. Now, had you ever raced one before? I did a virtual one. So not, so also kind of a time trial, I suppose, because it was just, um, just virtual. Yeah. So I had a feeling that at the end of this track training that you'd be able to go out and quite a bit improve on your 5k and what, what happened? I think you ended up 24 low. 24, 15. Yeah. And previous to that, it had been. So yeah, 25, 45, I think. Yeah. I think I shaved off a minute and a half or a minute and mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we're ready to kind of translate some of that speed. We know you can run fast. Now let's see if we can extend your ability to run, run fast with this marathon, next marathon training cycle. And so we began the training cycle for CIM, the official, I would count that as like early September, we started to say, okay, we're back in marathon training. Yeah. And uh, so Talk to us about some of the challenges that you had during that training cycle. Well, yeah, it was very frustrating because it was going beautifully. Everything was going really well, you know, hitting everything, feeling good, definitely having a sense that this was a great training cycle for me. And then I did something to my ankle and tweak the ankle somehow there was a concern the doctor was concerned it might be um, a stress reaction it it wasn't thankfully but it Mm -hmm. it it did take a chunk out of my uh, training a good three Three weeks two and a half three weeks yeah of um greatly reduced mileage i did hop on the peloton and we had canceled our peloton membership Yeah. Yeah. We resubscribed and, uh, I cycled a lot. So in those three weeks, because the doctor said that was fine as long as there was no pain and there wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so I did a lot of like a lot of cycling, (laughs) which I think (laughs) helped a lot because when I Mm -hmm. did have the green light to ramp training back up, 
um, you know, I, I definitely didn't feel like I noticed any like endurance loss or, or that. So I think, I think it definitely helped and, um, yeah. And then got back into the training and again, felt like this is going really well. So, and then it continued to just be a great training block. Other than that sort of big stumble overall, it was a really good block. Like all the rest of the time I felt good. So I don't think it was also like it was sort of some ways it happened a bit earlier on. So you weren't right in the middle of your Mm -hmm. big, long block, which was good. So, well, and yeah, I was just going to say to me, a three week stint on the bike isn't a big stumble. Like Mm -hmm. you paid attention, Mm -hmm. you acted immediately you yeah. were a good girl <laughs> and you got yeah. right back on the horse after, right? If yeah. you had continued to push through, it would have been a massive stumble. It would have been yeah. a six weeks off or more, yeah. you know, yeah. a true stress fracture can, can be 12 weeks off, right? Yeah. It would have cost you the race. So, um, I think there's a lesson in that of just, you know, trusting the process and, and reacting and paying attention to your body. Yeah. So good so. for you. And, and so, and after that, it was smooth sailing, wasn't it? For the yeah, rest of the, it, the it really, training cycle. After that, it was a, you know, other mm. than that, it was a really great training block. I can't complain yeah, at all. It felt really good. Yeah. You know, all your milestones, you were hitting all your milestones week after week. And I, I knew going into the race that I felt very confident that uh, <laughs> yeah. she was going to do really well. And, uh, and uh, Dana wasn't feeling so confident. There was like even. Well, it was taper time. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we were all confident for you, Dana. And yes. you not being confident, that's kind of all part of it, really, to be honest. But um, you two had this work trip that happened just right before right. Um, CIM. So you ended up flying to Toronto, doing this big art event uh, for several days and then flew immediately to Sacramento uh, on the Friday and and you had good travel there which was which was excellent so like I mentioned before we're in the same hotel we're doing everything together going to the expo and cooking meals and and so the day before the race (laughs) the Saturday so the race is on the Sunday we decide okay we've got to like eat this amazing (laughs) meal what are we going to eat and we had a place with a kitchen and and the whole thing and so we're throwing ideas oh you know do you want to (laughs) whatever go out or order in or make something and all of a sudden Sean pipes up with this thing I've never heard of (laughs) do you want to take it from here what was on the dinner menu so a few weeks earlier uh, I had a weird recipe pop up on the Washington Post I came across a recipe for turkey piccadillo well it wasn't actually turkey it was ground beef it was regular piccadillo which is some sort of South American food it's going to say hot and spicy. Ooh, that's interesting. Actually, so when <laughs> no, I read it, not it's hot. not hot and spicy. It's more like a really mild chili is what it reminds oh, okay. me of. It's almost like uh, it's very subtle. Uh, so um, Dana was out. It was one Sunday and Dana was out for a long run. And uh, we had all the ingredients for this just sitting in the house. And I thought, oh, I'll use turkey. And I made it. So she had come back from this long run. And I just had happened to thought, well, you don't have it for lunch or whatever. And um cooked up some rice with it and came back and it was just this amazing like post run kind of food. Dana arrived home. And, <laughs> oh, the and aroma when I opened the door. Wonderful. Like, what is that? It was so good. That, well, it was so good that, yeah, we made it twice in a row, like made it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. So, you know, three weeks later, we're, we're hanging out in California. We're getting ready. It's like the pre-race, you know, all the athletes are like really, I think in some ways, you know, brain dead, you know, brain dead and ready <laughs> for this like, race. I don't really and know. <laughs> can someone make a decision? <laughs> so we decided to go to the pick up some food, and Dana's like, "Why don't you cook the turkey, <laughs> turkey piccadillo?" Yeah. So anyway, we thought, and we're like wandering aimlessly in yeah. Target until that idea, and then all of a sudden we're like, "You're over there getting the rice, and you're over there getting like the cilantro." We're like. Yeah, so then we were like yeah. running around Target, grabbing all the groceries, and um, we ended up like cooking this really nice meal together. And um, it was like sort of like the perfect evening before the race because you were going to be up really early. Um, 
Uh, we're going to go to bed pretty early. So we just went back to the room, we chatted, and in some ways we're able to perfectly take our minds off uh, this uh, uh, race the next day. So well done, Sean. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you came to the rescue and not just in that, like, you know, we were going downtown, you're the one calling the Uber, like everything just sort of happened. Like you were there working for us the whole time. And we want you to know how much we appreciate that. It was just fantastic. And, and I was sort of joking, but sort of serious. Have you put together your, uh, traveling marathon chef for hire business plan because i think it could be pretty lucrative we had a lot of fun like uh we very much enjoyed traveling with you all so <laughs> we would definitely <laughs> do it again fun. and if yeah, yeah and i think I we could do it better next time too oh 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 you're gonna have to tell me more <laughs> well I, I, I just think that you know with better preparation ahead of time we can show up with the right cooking spices mm -hmm. so we don't have to shop for those things there's things we could bring so oh. I wasn't okay. sure. I did. I, I wasn't one hundred percent sure what to uh, what to expect. So I actually think it worked out really well. Um, yeah. you, you found the perfect hotel. It wasn't that far away from yeah. Uh, yeah, from where the race finished. So. Okay, so this brings us to race morning. So we wake up on the Sunday morning, the day of the race. Um, Dana, walk us through it all. Walk us through how were you feeling that morning? How did you sleep the night before? And the, our little bus ride out to the start line. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I think, um, got to bed at a decent time, didn't have a lot of sleep, woke up at two, um, had to use the washroom and then that was it. I was awake. I wasn't going to be falling back to sleep after that, um, which is fine because I, I feel like I, ha even though we were traveling, I did have some decent sleeps in the nights preceding. So yeah, it, um, nice. I wasn't, I didn't panic about that. I felt like it was okay. So, um, had something to eat, um, went, uh, went and met, uh, Carolyn and Johnny and Kevin. Um, and it was, um, uh, sort of lightly raining. It was quite yeah. cool. And yeah, like more than a mist, it was, wouldn't you say like mm -hmm. a, like a light rain, uh, which was kind of concerning that it was going to be rainy, but you know, we're from Winnipeg, so we certainly run in much worse than light rain. And, um, so it, it was, that was not a panic either, but, um, and those $5 ponchos we bought at the yes, expo were like the worth expo. their weight in gold. Right. Yes. We were all in those <laughs> yeah. ponchos and so many people were in those ponchos. That was a mm -hmm. really smart thing to have at the expo. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was, that was perfect. So not too cold or uncomfortable, not too wet. Um, I think the bus ride down was about 40 minutes, 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was... It's a point to point course. So we were kind of staying closer to the finish line. So we had yeah. to get bussed out to the start line. So as we're driving out there 45 minutes, what were you thinking? Like, uh oh, <laughs> we have to run all the way back. Yeah. You know, that didn't actually occur to me, which is probably <laughs> a good thing, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that I just thought we're on the bus, we're going there. I, I didn't think about this is the distance that I'm running back. But which anyway, I'm I'm glad I didn't think about that. But but yeah, it was um yeah, it was a long it was a long ride and then I think in terms of nerves, I don't know, for me I think I had so many nerves during the taper and before we left to go to Toronto that I think by that point I just felt like this this train has left the station and I'm on it so it's just it's just going to continue to go moving forward and yeah. that's you just, just okay I just let it go so yeah I th that's great I think those that's the last, best place to be yeah it was it was good and I yeah. felt I felt that so um mm -hmm. so I think I was just ready I felt ready nervous but ready well third time's a charm right <laughs> that's right Ten days earlier, you weren't, you know, you weren't so sure. You were by that point. Yeah. I think once you got there, you were finally okay. It's now it's going, but there was definitely yeah. like the week leading up, thinking maybe I should just cancel the trip, or maybe I should, <laughs> like having those kind of <laughs> moments. What were you worried about? Yeah, like why? Why were you at the point of even contemplating canceling? I wasn't. Yeah. Although Sean says that it was more of me like, why am I going? Like that sort of not, I was not actually looking at cancellation policies or anything. It was just, you know, 
know my head sort of panicking about like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm what am I doing and 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 I part of my concern was the traveling from to Toronto and then flying yeah. from Toronto to yeah, um, three time Sacramento. Zones. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt really yeah. worried about that, and I think I think I felt like I was sort of taking away of a bit of what might be I, that I might be more successful if I didn't have that, and so it had me yeah. kind of overthinking doubting. it. I really, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, and yeah, doubting. I think and that's then, probably. The, the yeah there, right we think too much yeah. sometimes because yeah. I kind of felt like that time zone shift worked in our favor did, right yeah. because it was early yeah. starts but we were on like eastern time or central time and so it, two more hours um added on yeah right so yeah. I felt like that kind of worked for us a little bit but was there anything else that you were about this course specifically yes. were you <laughs> like oh am I gonna you know what what was um causing you to worry so I had this idea that I would read a lot of race recaps and watch race recaps on YouTube and do a lot of homework um, in terms uh. of <laughs> over-educating myself about what this course would be like. And although, you know, there were definitely things that I learned that were very helpful, um, I did kind of have a sense of what, what was coming and what it would be like. But because, you know, everyone has their own experience of a course, there was a lot of emphasis on these hills, which they call them rolling hills. Um, But a lot of the recaps, people sort of made them out to be bigger than what I would say they were. And maybe it was just the Mm -hmm. way I was reading it or maybe Mm -hmm. other people's right experience Mm -hmm. of them. And I had built them up to be like giant hills in my head. I mean, these yes. were these were no longer rolling. These were these huge hills and <laughs> mountains. <laughs> and we're like, and Winnipeg is flat as a pancake, right? So, the idea of like hills at all had me mm-hmm. definitely. And reading that other people found them to be uh, difficult definitely had me nervous. But um, mm-hmm. so you didn't know what mm-hmm. to expect there, hundred yeah. percent. And I kept saying, "Well, you have trained on hills. I mean, you've done lots of running out at the lake. Like you run in the white mm-hmm. shell all the time, and it's like rolling." Yeah. Well, There's Dana would be like, there. "Dana's like, but that's the summer, and it was like six months." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, but you still have experience running on hills. Yeah. Like it's not we don't like, forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Your body yeah. remembers. Yeah. It really does. Yeah." yeah. yeah. I think so because yeah, the lake hills were definitely more dramatic and less rolling than than mm-hmm. the California hills, at least yeah, there's in Sacramento. Some serious climbs there. So, so I'm hearing from you that these hills were not the beasts that you had thought they might be. No. Were you, as the course kind of, let's just jump in there. Like as you started running, now were you pleasantly surprised and relieved, or were you always fearful of what's around the next corner? Oh no, what's coming next? Like, were you holding back ready for the beast to come at you or were you kind of just letting go? I think, um, yeah, I think in my head, I, because I imagined these hills to be so large and physically difficult that I would hit, you know, I, and because I had really studied the course, I knew when I was hitting a like big hill and it wasn't big at all to me. So um, is whenever that would happen, I felt very confident that Good. like if this yeah. is the hills that we're talking about. I think I'm going to be okay. And I, and okay. of course, Good. then I, I sort of tempered that with, or are you just like at the start of a marathon and really excited and full of energy, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, but by the time I got to about mile nine, I think we were starting to get over some of like the biggest hills. I felt very confident that um, mm-hmm. these were not going to chew me up and spit me out. That I was <laughs> that I was going to be okay with them, and um, and you. then and yeah, and on CIM course, once I get once you get to I think it's mile twenty one, it basically flattens out. So mm-hmm. if you've made it that far, <laughs> you know with the hills you're you're good, right? So there's a the little climb up a bridge, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so I hear yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you got to mile 21 yeah, and you weren't feeling like you were hitting any, any type of a wall and you knew you could run strong for those last five miles. So walk us through those last five miles and just kind of what was going through your mind and like, 
what you were seeing on your watch as far as time was concerned compared yeah. to like what what was your goal going in well right so the goal going in um they had a four hour pacer and they had a 415 pacer and then after that it went dropped off to 420 and i wasn't necessarily planning to like stay with a pace group because carolyn right we had a time mm -hmm. plan and i thought going out with a pacer though group might just be useful to kind of stay on kind of have a rough idea of where I'm at and where I should be and mm -hmm. even just for the like group support kind of like yeah the idea of running with a group is appealed to me so um yeah. so I thought and and truthfully I thought because of the hills and also we didn't know where my fitness was at and I was worried mm -hmm. that four might be more aggressive on that course if that makes right sense so I thought go with the 405s and hope you can hang on mm -hmm. was kind of my mm -hmm. and then yeah. as we got to I think probably about halfway the 405 pace group was had actually gone out a little fast so they started to kind of slow down to I think mm -hmm. kind of hit their target um more accurately and I saw that happening and felt like my body was good like I didn't wow. need to slow down so I left them then right. and um and then, yeah, hit like they have a cute sort of um, the wall, oh, yeah. like brick sort of set up um, like a foot wall kind of thing. And so you, you kind of go through that. And I thought, OK, like I'm I've run up to 20 miles in training. So I'm on the other side of that now. This is like here, you know, here we are. This is further than I've run in my training. And how am I feeling? And I felt good, like really good so I thought okay this is good like when is this when am I going to hit the wall when is this going to get really <laughs> when is the shoe going <laughs> yeah. to drop and then I hit you know mile 21 and I think that's where the bridge was and again I was like because people <laughs> and everybody's experiences but people were bridge. making this bridge sound like this was one heck of a bridge it was this little bridge <laughs> so so <laughs> up I went off the brown thing I slowed down at all for the bridge because I thought this really like so off I went <laughs> this is what I was scared about <laughs> I know <laughs> and was totally yeah. fine up the bridge and just kept thinking I this is this going to get really hard and I think after that bridge, I, I really felt like I, I think I'm good was how I felt. And, yeah. and um, like, I, I just felt like I don't think that that wall is coming as I would go to yeah. mile 22 and right and kind of kept going up the miles. I thought I was going to have to have all my mantras ready. And, and, you know, I, I definitely did use some of those um, tools kind of in towards the end, but not not in any sort of like hanging on for dear life kind of kind of way which felt amazing because I felt strong and I felt confident all yeah. the way to the end and near the end I knew we were because I knew that course so well so I knew when we were getting to the city and what that meant and when yeah. we were turning on those when those streets started counting down all yeah. the rest of that so then I started to latch on to like other runners and mm. be like okay I'm gonna pass them and pass them mm -hmm. and then and, um, and and looking back, I mean, I did pass a lot of people. And of course, especially at yeah. the end, right? People are like yeah. on the sides. And they had a cool thing in the results where they show like how many people you passed. And I think you passed yeah. over a thousand people. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. got to be quite um, morale boosting. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, Sean, like what was what was happening on the sidelines here from from the support crew perspective? What were you observing? So I got up at seven and, uh, you know, found coffee, went downstairs, had something to eat and kind of had timed it. So I thought I looked at the distance. It was about a six kilometer walk or something like that to get downtown. So I figured, hey, you know what, I'll just walk. It'll be a perfect day for a stroll. They're out like hustling their asses, you know, running. <laughs> I could probably get some fresh air and, you know, stretch the legs a bit. Walk 6K. <laughs> and, uh, and then it turned out like, you know, I had, we had like come from Toronto where it was cold and I had winter stuff on. I had a jacket and whatnot. I was wearing a scarf and uh, it was like a wet left. I left and the sun came out. It was like, shit, it was like 10 degrees and it felt like it was 15. And 
So immediately I was almost like having to carry my jacket. But uh, anyway, we walked, I walked all the way downtown. I was lucky. I had timed it really perfectly to kind of get there early enough to see, um, the, you know, the Winnipeg crew, uh, come in at their various times. So of course, uh, downloaded the app and was watching um, everyone, uh, you know, running and uh, was able to kind of get get there to see it. And uh, the downtown like finishing spot for anyone that's been there or, or run that race and the way it's organized is amazing. Like it's uh, there's lots of fanfare. Uh, there's a long straightaway, so you have a big long distance. You can see people coming from a from a you know, a good, nice. a good ways off. And, uh, the, the app that they have for tracking the runners worked really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really amazing race. Like I was uh, shocked at, um, the sheer volume of athletes running in that race. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was really quite amazing to see everyone finishing like wave after wave after wave of like mm-hmm. really talented people. So, um, mm-hmm. that was really fun. I, and I've never really experienced mm-hmm. that before. Talk to us about when your wife crossed the finish line, like what, what happened there? So, um, I felt all along that, uh, Dana was going to crush her goal. I just, I had okay. this feeling right, you know, the weeks leading up towards the event, having been sort of by her side, uh, although she's out there running and experiencing the run and working at it even though she had that setback with the, you know, the time off because of the foot. Other than that, everything just seemed to go so smoothly in this run. The difference for me, there was such a different positive attitude towards the whole thing. And um, I don't know, I just felt that she was going to nail this. I just, and not only that, um, totally maximized the taper, took the time off. I remember when I ran the race that uh, I was overtaxed and I pushed it way too hard. And I, I know that now that I would do it so differently. I wish I'd run the race three weeks earlier than yeah. the yeah. day I ran the race. And it was because I didn't have a proper taper. And uh, so those weeks leading up... Uh, Dana focused on sleep. We focused on eating well, you know, making sure that we had good diet. Uh, the four or five days leading up, you were carb loading. Uh, you know, you just did everything perfect. And um, I wanted you to push for the four hour to see to go. But, you know, Dana's not like she's, she's so not a risk like, taker. She's not well. You are a risk taker because you put yourself through this, uh, yeah, and you set a go- and you set a goal. But you're also like super realistic. She has this thing where she doesn't want to set herself up to fail, and so yeah. she will back back off the goal enough just to stay a bit more realistic. And and the wonderful thing about her character is she doesn't feel that she's compromising. So she backed off. So she played it like she played the whole thing perfectly. Of course, the day of the race, I wake up and I walk down. I don't really know what's going on. I just can see from the app what's happening mile by mile. So yeah. by the time she hit mile 20, I thought, wow, she's like, she's just nailing this. Like she's just crushing mm-hmm. it. So uh, we had actually set ourselves up um, near where they had a, a beer tent right near the side of the track where you could run by it. Uh, it was after the 26 mile. I think you're down to like 0.2 yeah. of a mile left. A couple like, blocks. It's really yeah. about three or four blocks. So we saw Dana running by and I had run over to the edge and we yelled. And I remember her looking over and just like this big smile on her face. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like this is nothing. I could go for another 10 <laughs> miles after this. Like, that's what she looked like. It just looked like, yeah, what am I doing at Ultra? This is an Ultra, right? And uh, so she... <laughs> So um, anyway, then we had to beeline from there over to the finish line and uh, did see her just come across the finish line. And uh, so was there like a massive hug and a big high, sweaty high five? And it was a big hug and a high five. What was your final time? Four oh one oh six. (laughs) Wow! Awesome. Yeah. And I think you might have gone through halfway, like at two hours and change. Like it was almost yeah. like a perfectly yeah. even, well executed, amazing, just crushing race. There must have been a lot of people in that race. Yeah, there were yeah. ten thousand, eight to ten thousand people, yeah. something Smokes. like that. Yeah, it was yeah. big. Yeah, That's a huge big. race. 
Yeah. All right. Well, it's so amazing to be able to have a supportive partner with you at a finish line like that. So congratulations on the finish of your race, Dana. And Sean, it's awesome that you were there to be there for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, Sean, let's go back to you now for a moment. Yeah. What is one piece of advice that you have for the partners of dedicated runners, especially if they're maybe not currently a runner themselves? Uh, I think that probably just patience more than anything. The hardest thing is, I think, the time commitment, realizing that there's this, you know, the amount of time that goes into it. So for me, it's just being patient with the process and the ups and downs. And it's very emotional. You don't realize how emotional it is. Like, it's very emotional. And, That's a good point. Uh, you know, you set these goals for yourself and it can be very challenging to pivot. And so you learn a lot about yourself and your character <laughs> uh, through this whole process. And there's been times when I haven't sort of handled the stress of the running and Dana's running, you know, probably as well as I could. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I have a profound respect for the commitment and the effort that it takes to achieve those almost unnatural kind of goals. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, just have patience and, and, uh, patience and respect, patience and respect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, those are two great, great words. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Dana, we'll flip this to you in kind of the reverse question here. So what piece of advice do you have for runners to maintain harmony with their support person, <laughs> uh, especially if that support person isn't involved in, you know, the process of training for running themselves? Yeah, well, I think, you know, in, in our situation, it, d- it definitely helps that Sean you know, ran and, and knows some of those feelings that right go into the process. But, um, I mean, and runners, we love to talk about running, right. But (laughs) I think also talking about like what, you know, what your, why you're feeling it, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe explaining, Mm -hmm. um, some of the psychology of the taper, right. And why you're feeling this way, why you're, you know, maybe not yourself. And because I think it can be confusing, probably to to watch your partner kind of struggling that way. And if you don't kind of have a some explanation of why that is, it's not you. It's right. The hormones. It's right. It's exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think it doesn't come naturally for non runners to know why that is or why you're behaving that way or you know seem different and um yeah i think sean's just super supportive and understanding and takes that all with stride even though for Mm -hmm. sure i can be a pain in the ass at times especially if i'm not (laughs) running (laughs) well it sure does sound like the two of you have that special secret um and you definitely make it all work and you're so fun to hang out with and dana you're so much fun to coach and i just can't wait where are we going next sean like where where do you want dana to do a destination race (laughs) so you can come and be our traveling chef where can johnny carolyn travel with you (laughs) where are we going next and what are we having for dinner yeah i'll I'll let dana decide what big races she wants to go to so um Dana's next big race so far is Chicago, which is going to be a lot of fun. I love Chicago because um, it's a, I mean, the amazing architecture and uh, the Chicago Institute of Art is just one of the most phenomenal art museums in the world. And it's, you know, relatively close to Winnipeg. And um, it's a world-class museum. So that doesn't happen very often. So anyway. Right. Okay. Well, and this isn't just like a might be nice. Like Dana got in to Chicago for 2023. So this is very exciting. So this is going to happen in October of 2023. So we've got some new goals. So you've got some new goals. And I really, I want to just come back to you for a moment. Like we have couples of the quarter on this podcast to highlight the different aspects of what it means to be in a partnership (laughs) with one or the other or both people running. And racing is a huge part of it, right? You make your vacation plans based on this race. You plan, you know, um, finances and time off and family, you know, commitments and all these things around some of these races. And Sean just mentioned, you know, 
there's there's more that can go into it than just the race. What about this location speaks to him as well as to you? And for you, luckily, you're both in the family business of art. So how can you combine all of those whys, right? Not just the running why, but the recreation and the passion for your, you know, your business and your, your, um, hobbies, all of that together, um, in a way that you can hit so many check boxes mm-hmm. in, in one trip. Right. And I think that is really important when it comes to planning a race. If you're going to a location just yeah. for one person and it's all about them yeah. and everybody else is bored stiff and they're just suffering through till we can go yeah. home, right. it's not going to work. But yeah. when you can actually want to spend extra time there and, and speak to the other parts of your life after the race, I think that's really important. So mm-hmm. just wanted to mention that. Thank you both for coming on and sharing from both perspectives, we I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, just like I thoroughly enjoyed the time that we spent together in Sacramento. Congratulations, Dana, your hard work and dedication and persistence and all of it just paid off like huge. And I'm just so incredibly proud of you, as I know Sean is too. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what's coming up for you in 2023. Oh, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Carolyn.